This is your host, Pete Moore, and I am pleased and humbled to announce the launch of my one and only book, Time to Win Again, 52 Takeaways from Playing and Watching Team Sports to Ensure Your Business Success. Those of you who know me personally and anyone who listens to Halo Talks for any length of time know that I am an avid sports fan and a big believer in the value of team sports. What I've seen over the past 25 years helping businesses grow, raising capital, being an entrepreneur myself, and coaching and mentoring executives in the sector, it's the lessons learned on the field perfectly apply to business. Entrepreneurs, executives, managers, you name it. Every company that's a strong company has got a good team. It's a quick read. There's awesome illustrations in there from our good friend Mark at Cruelty Freak Cartoons. If you go to integritysq.com, enter your email address, and we will send you information on the book and the Entrepreneur's Survival Kit as well. Be great. Take names. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. Bringing in from Jacksonville, Daryl and David Bailey, Bailey's Health and Fitness, the largest HVLP 2.0 concept in North Florida. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey Pete. Hey Pete, thanks for having us. Good to see you. So why don't we start off and just talk about, um, you know, you, your your brother um, unfortunately passed, but um, you know, he, he, he started the business, uh, you know, out of Grinders. So why don't you give us the, the history of how this started and uh, how you guys became a health club family. Well, I'll try to do it as quick as possible to sum up 40 years, but, um, you know, Don, my older brother, um, he's three years older than I am. I'm the middle brother and David is three years younger than me. So there's exactly three years between us all. So I guess that's good. And, and Don, um, was a college football player that had an injury and came home and decided he was going to start a gym. And this is back in, uh, 79, 80, 81. So the bodybuilding world was, was really taken off then with Arnold and on Lou Ferrigno and those types of gyms. And uh, that was the original concept was um, Don started a, a weightlifting gym for him and his friends. And it was modeled on a small gym that um, a police officer had in the Jacksonville area, a guy named Jim Griner, who would let football players and whatnot use a, a key and get in through a little pedlock into his back shed and, and work out. And Don kind of modeled that in his first gym and, and uh, he had a very small one and he didn't have much money to start with. And so he um, went into actually building equipment and started a side business, which we still run today called Rageous Bodybuilding Products. And back then, you know, you were just building benches and you were building, uh, you know, racks for dumbbells and whatnot. We didn't have the state-of-the-art clubs we have now with saunas and treadmills and all those things. And so it was just a, a weightlifting type gym. And he ran that for several years, uh, I think two, two years maybe. And then he asked me if I wanted to get involved. And at the time I had the second small gym and we're talking very small, 3000 square feet, probably just a square room with some weights in it. So again, nothing like we have today. And um, I was working with another company at the time and I did it for about a year and a half and, and I got the opportunity to transfer away. And when I did, uh, David was of age at that point and going to college here in town and he decided to step in and um, partner with Don. So I left and David and Don took it and really turned it into a business. So that's probably uh, about 83, 84, I guess I leave and um, they get it going and, and, and like turn it into a business. And I think 
it went, David helped me here, it went from Bailey's Gym. At one point, they actually had a Gold's franchise um, and then linked up with Powerhouse for many years. And there was a Bailey's Powerhouse Gym for a lot of years. And that's about the point that I came back. What would you say, David? Probably the late, mid-90s, yeah. And uh, basically, they had about four clubs at the time and knew that they wanted to expand and keep growing. The market was here in North Florida and even in surrounding areas, um, South Georgia and whatnot. But we wanted to develop software, and that was where uh, my education had come in and what I had gone off to do. And, um, you know, we were one of the first, if not the first, to actually incorporate technology into running the business. Now, when you read all the trade magazines, of course, they all tout technology and how you need it. But we, uh, we went down that road and, and developed a software company, PSI Power Software, and we made software to run health clubs. And for years, we actually sold that to other health clubs as well, not in our market, but in other areas, and grew that into the business. But it's quite honest, uh, too much. And um, we backed off the software side and made it more proprietary towards what we do. And in the meantime, we managed to, uh, again, over all that time frame, um, get up to 17 clubs. And each, each of these clubs have grown in their markets. Um, they're not ex anywhere near where they would start. They would start small, maybe 10 to 12,000 square feet. And then we've moved them into 20, 30, and 40,000 square feet as the years have gone on. Most of them have stayed in their general area. Um, but in some cases, we've expanded into whole new markets like in Gainesville, Palatka, and uh, in Brunswick in South Georgia. No, that's great. That's great. So, so David, talk about, you know, from, from the four clubs that you had originally, you modeling these, these larger clubs off of a competitor. Did you kind of have a sense for, Hey, this is what I think fits in, in, in Jacksonville, you know, talk us through the, you know, what was the mindset at the time on the strategy of going from 3000 square feet to, you know, North of 30 or 40. Well, in the original, when we were the smaller gyms, we were basically free weights and, you know, 90% male, 10% female. And we started to see the trend as, as everybody did in the industry and uh, expanding. So when we started expanding the club, we were a powerhouse franchise and that was really, you know, heavily dominated by the men and everything. So we tried to move away from that, increase our programming uh, with our group fitness, cycling, and a lot of the team training concepts to, to bring other people in. And now... Our demographic is is skewed mostly towards women. Actually, we're probably heavier 50-55% women and 45% men, and uh, I think those class offerings have helped us quite a bit. Yeah. So, for for people that aren't familiar with with the Jacksonville market, what are some of the testimonials, or what does the brand represent to to members, and why do they gravitate towards towards Bailey's? I think a lot of people have seen us grown and they take a lot of pride in it. A lot of people consider it their gym and they take a personal ownership in it because they've seen it grow through the years and they feel like they're part of it. When you think of the North Florida market and with uh, 14, 15 of our clubs, basically in the one area, we completely dominate this market and, you know, moving around the city, they have a lot of access to a lot of different locations. We vary a little bit of our amenities from site to site. And uh, I think there's really a, a, a sense of ownership within our members of the club. They, they feel like it's, they're part of it. Interesting. So to, to, uh, I think when, when COVID hit and then, you know, we were shut down, locked down by the state and then reopened that really shone through. We had so many members who just said, you know, they, they reached out to us. Don't, don't stop drafting my account, even though you're closed. I want to support you guys. I want to be here with you. And it was, it was amazing. And then when we reopened, 
the first four days of being open. We opened on a Thursday. So we had a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That was those were the biggest four days the company had ever had, which showed the community to us. Yeah. So talk about, you know, we 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 work on some transactions in California and New York. Just give us a, you know, uh, a little bit of a diatribe on, you know, what is the Jacksonville political uh, arena? What is, um, you know, do you see any of these restrictions coming down on you? Do you think you're kind of, you know, somewhat protected? Not to get into politics, but we do have a Republican mayor and a, a great Republican governor, and they've kept us open. You've seen DeSantis fighting against mandates. Our local mayor has been against mandates and mask mandates. Uh, St. John's County, where our St. Augustine location uh, is located, they never had a mask mandate in that thing. They've all put it back on personal responsibility. And I think that's where a lot of it falls. And I think that's why you've seen us recover so much quicker and back to 2019 level and growing where you see, you know, places in other states and other are still struggling. I have friends with clubs all over the country yep. and they're not near back to the levels we are. And I, I think we have nothing but positive upside to go. Yeah. So, you know, as the as we're kind of weaning out of the pandemic, do you see more real estate opportunities becoming available to you? Is that a concern that, you know, competitors can come in or do you think that those are opportunities that you might pursue, you know, before them because you've got such a strong financial base right now? I think we have a great working relationship with a lot of the big landlords in Jacksonville and a lot of those opportunities come straight to us. They really hit the market. Uh, we don't really worry about competition, though. We, we focus on what we're doing. That's what we control. So we control what's inside our doors and we keep expanding and making what we have better every day. Competition is going to come and go. We've done a countdown before. I think I've seen 100 plus clubs come and go in the 30 years we've been here. It's funny, but uh, we're not going anywhere. I'd like to see that list. That would be a good list to have of, of the opening and closures. Uh, we, actually we had a sales meeting one time and we actually had them on a whiteboard and we, we it was just column after column of all the people that were going to come and put us out of business from, you know, everybody from Gold's to LA Fitness to. I hear you. I hear you. So, Daryl, let's talk about the technology for a minute. And, you know, as a lot of clubs are typically making changes internally based on when they're billing software company as a new feature. So talk about, you know, I guess there's a benefit to, hey, yeah, obviously I could do that. Um, but there's also, you know, a thousand things that we could do. So how do you kind of architect the technology? Um, you obviously worked at Anheuser-Busch. You've been, worked at big companies, so you know how development schedules work and priorities. So talk to us about the uniqueness of the, of the software, how it's mission critical to everything that's going on here, and how, you know, when there's something that happens, whether it's a, Somebody's stealing something. Okay, I know, I know how to fix that. Um, just give us a little, a couple, a couple of bullet points. Well, I mean, going back to the very beginning, the very the, there were three main things that I saw that we needed to do when I went back with Don and David to to grow the business from a financial standpoint, technology standpoint. You know, they could sell the memberships and and add all the amenities, but if we couldn't get paid for them and we couldn't run them properly, we knew we had a problem. So, you know, the way you do your electronic billing, the way you do your club access. And then the inventory control. We wanted to sell supplements. We thought there was a, there's a, you know, GNC makes a living off of selling supplements to our customers. So we had the captive audience. Why can't we do that? And I see a lot of clubs that don't do that because they can't track it and they can't control it. And the theft and the losses, it just overrides the profit margin. So 
you know, being able to do that, it's a comprehensive problem that needs a comprehensive solution. When I talk to other club owners, it seems like they have an access system to open the door. They have another system that does their guest management and they have another system that does their billing. And that really creates redundancy and it creates a lot of uh, headache trying to keep all those systems jived up, if you will. And so what you need really is, and that's what I thought we brought to the table when we sold it, we are club owners, we use it every day. And, and you've got a comprehensive solution that ties every bit of your member management into your billing, into your human resources, your payroll. And then you take the compliance angle of it and add that into it to make sure that you've got the liability waivers, you've got the electronic contracts. And you say, you know, what am I doing to, re to reduce redundancy? And what am I doing to increase efficiency? I don't have to file paperwork. It's all there on the computer. It's all digital. And as far as a, how do I get into this if I already have something else and, ha and how do I um, transition, if you will, it, it really is um, a step-by-step -step process. And it, it would, for us, it depended mostly on, on you know, what we were trying to do. And in our case, multi-site and being able to um, control that access and, and enhance the ability to upgrade our, our members to, to different packages. Not that answered your question, yeah, but it, yeah, it does. It does. Um, how big is the technology team in, in house? Department? How big is the technology team in house? Um, well, myself, I I don't program as much anymore. I review every bit of code and I do all the design, and then I have two full time programmers, and our, our in house IT team is is just two full time staffers. So it's really a small team that control PSI. I do use outside resources for web development, and um, you know when projects are, are a little bit bigger. We do have outside contractors that we use, but in-house, you, you just have that that group. Got it. That's great. And, and David, there's some other strategies that you've deployed here. You know, you've got a pretty big maintenance staff. You want to talk about that and just make it sure, you know, one of the things Bally's is known for is, you know, if things don't have signs on them that says out of order, right? That's not something that's acceptable to you guys. So talk about how you built the infrastructure for that. Well, the infrastructure again is linked back to the software. Uh, all of our, each site location has a repair database in it that's part of our software. So any repair will go into our system and it automatically generates and goes to a main warehouse. We have a central warehouse where uh, all of our maintenance employees report to. There's 15 maintenance employees over there that do anything from restocking the clubs, from supplies, materials, uh, painting upholstery of items. We have a little sewing shop where they do all the pads on the equipment, et cetera. And uh, we have a great manager over there named Mike Johnson, and he gets the reports in the morning and he dispatches the people to do the repairs. And uh, they'll do everything from uh, unclogging toilets that day or maybe going in and installing new carpet or new tile in a lobby, you know, club refreshes and things of that nature. So it, it really keeps our clubs in great condition. You won't see a torn pad et cetera, in the club. Uh, there's no deferred maintenance in our clubs. I think we're on top of it uh, 100%. I want to take a minute and tell our audience about two awesome workout recovery products I've been using for the last 18 months from HigherDose.com, leader in infrared technology for athletes like all of us are. We're an investor in the company. That's not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because it works. You got an infrared sauna blanket. I hop in there. I'll listen to some podcasts, burn 800 calories, get a mad detox and a PEMF, which is a pulsed electromagnetic field crystal mat that I lay on and I recalibrate my cells to the normalized level of the earth. 
you got somebody you like and you're looking for a pretty awesome gift, they will love it. You could use this code HALO75, get $75 off, and you will not be disappointed. HireDose.com, promo code HALO75. And now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. As over the last 25 years, everyone tries to outsource everything. And you guys basically have said, well, look, I think I could do this better. So what gave you the confidence to do that? Obviously, the execution's been, been, been done, but did you just say, hey, that's a trend, but that's not my trend? I think you don't, you know, when you don't have the money, you start out it's so small and you don't have the money to outsource it, you figure out how to do it. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, it's capital-based capital answer. Okay, I, I hear you. Let's as it's grown, we've been able to, to bring on uh, you know, experienced people and technicians and whatnot and create a good job for them. And, you know, we've learned through experience and I'll never sit here and advocate that we know everything to do, but after so many years of doing this, you know what not to do sometimes. And that makes it very helpful when you're building a, a club or you're putting systems in, you've done this a few times, so you're ready to go. Yeah. Mercy of other suppliers too. You know, when our treadmill goes down, we have, we have a small supply of parts on hand so we can go out and fix the, the piece that day, you know, common repairs and maintenance items. We keep a lot of those items in stock. So, you know, we don't have equipment down for a long time. We look at that as a customer service issue, you know, so it, it really solves those problems much quicker in the eyes of the, uh, the member. So they see that. Gotcha. So David, talk about, you know, over the last year and a half or so, you've been part of um, Rex Roundtable and, you know, you've been gleaning more information from, other owners that are dealing with, uh, you know, their own set of uh, issues or, or problems or, or growth opportunities. Talk about you know, where you think the industry is now and how you feel about the bricks and mortar, you know, going forward here. I think the bricks and mortar are going to be very strong. I do. I, you see the technology coming in with things like Peloton and things like that. I think the clubs provide a unique environment. There's a lot of energy there, uh, just like a Starbucks coffee. You can make coffee at the house yourself or whatever, but how many people go to Starbucks to get the coffee? It's the better cup of coffee. It's the better experience. And that's what we're trying to provide at the gym. And uh, I've traveled around and I've seen a lot of great clubs and the Rex has been a great help to me seeing these facilities and building things like our team training program to get more members involved and just the little uh, niches and details in the club to keep changing and evolving with the times. So I think brick and mortar is going to be very strong for the upcoming years. And I think with some of the big box spaces coming more available, I think we'll see retail. I mean, uh, leasing prices, uh, very reasonable second generation space, very reasonable, uh, especially in the South. I think there's a lot of room to grow. Uh, Florida is one of the States that's just booming in population wise. Jacksonville is, uh, I think a million five in Duval yeah, County now. 1.6. So, so. so when you take a look at some of the potential boxes that you would build, um, and I know you, you kind of built Oak Leaf somewhat with your bare hands, right? A couple of the, uh, uh, installations. Uh, I think you got your signature on it, or at least you told me you did that. You know, as you go forward, you know, what's what's the prototype look like? And, and what is, is Oakleaf kind of the, you know, the, the the cometh of, you know, this is the new Bally's footprint? I think the St. John's uh, location and Oakleaf are two examples, our newest examples of what we can do. I think when you can get that 40, 45,000 square foot size box, there's a lot of amenities you can offer that and you're a variety of customers. And 
I think it's a really strong presentation when you come in and you see that size store. So I definitely think it's the model for what we can do in the future. Got it. Talk about, you know, there's not that many uh, multi-unit operators in Southern Georgia, you know, maybe going up the coast towards, you know, Charleston or Hilton Head, you know, where, where do you, you guys have not gone into the Orlando proper market? Is there a reason why you stayed out of there? Is there a reason why you think North is kind of, you know, maybe a, a better sweet spot? No, I think there's opportunities, uh, like you said, Valdosta, Savannah, upwards towards the coast and the Carolinas. And I also think reaching a little bit to the south, uh, Orlando's growing and stretching outward. I think there's a lot of opportunities in those markets. There's uh, actually a couple of uh, buy opportunities down in Orlando that we've kind of looked at, but haven't uh, jumped on. But there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. And there's a, there's growth out to the west, out where Oakleaf is. They've just put in some new expressway systems out there. You're going to see most of that, some of that pushing out, um, which would be east from the Panhandle from Tallahassee. Between Tallahassee and Jacksonville, that's 180 miles. So if you go about 60 miles over, you've got Live Oak and, and Ocala, and there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth that's happening there. I don't think Tallahassee has a strong competitor in its market no. right now either. Gotcha. And then what does the rest of the team look like? Um, you know, you've got regional, you've got district, you've got strong general managers who've been with you for a long time. Absolutely. I mean, we have two uh, top general managers, one in operations and one in merchandising, um, both been with us double-digit years. Below them, we have regional managers, um, three of those that um, our newest one is only three years in, but um, he comes with uh, about 10 years of club experience from up north. He transferred down to, to South Florida or to North Florida, and we were able to get him. Um, but the other two guys have been with us quite a long time. One of them almost since the since the start, Sean Seymour. He's actually running our Oakleaf location now, but he, he manages five other spots as well. And below that, you know, our team of, of fitness consultants and uh, what we call support personnel, and we call them cashiers and guest services, um, that we pay better than anybody in, in the industry. You know, and it's Pete and that's, um, I think, helped us keep our people. We have a great health plan. We have a great 401k plan. And, um, you know, we try to create the environment not only for our employees, but we, we, we talk about member experience all the time. It's also employee experience. If they're not happy, we don't think they're going to be able to make our members happy. So it's a win-win. Gotcha. So, you know, as you um, as you look at, at what you've built um, over time here and you think about your, your brother's legacy, um, you know, the next phase of growth here is probably doubling the size of the company. Um, you know, it kind of goes from a family business to, you know, a, a much broader reach. So, you know, how, how comfortable are you with that? Uh, how excited are you about it? Um, and, and what are some of the, um, what are some of the limitations that you say, hey, look, yeah, we, we can build this engine, but, you know, I want to do three or four clubs a year. That's kind of what we're comfortable with or less or more. You know, how do you think about that? Because, there's a lot of capital out there, but there's also about execution of doing things methodically, which you guys have done very successfully. I'm going to say something to that point. Let's defer to David. But, you know, there's so much growth opportunity. It's just a matter of it's it's hard to do things as fast as we'd like. I mean, we have the the infrastructure in place, we have the systems in place, we certainly have the experience, and it's the two main things that that are always there for people. It's the capital to get it done, and, and the people to get it done. You know, we feel like we have the expertise and, and the opportunities are there. It's unfortunate that we haven't been able to move a little bit faster, but in moving the way we have, like you said, methodically, I think we've done things well and we've learned a lot along the way. It's just time to, to actually just blow that wide open because I think 
if we don't, somebody will. And, and we want to be that person. We want to be that player. Gotcha. My brother Don was adverse to any kind of debt. Uh, we actually run as a debt-free company. Uh, Oakley uh, location, we built that location out of cash flow. So, uh, like I said, operating like a company this size and with the people we're doing right now at zero debt, I think is something to be said. Yeah, that's great. Well, definitely took some pressure off you guys uh, when, uh, when when February 2020 came around. So in closing here, you got any quotes that uh, are in the office or any quotes that you guys live by or, or they say, oh, you guys say this all the time? Well, we had, we have one and I kind of plagiarized it from my first career at Levitz. It was from a vice president who was a uh, merchandiser from up New York area and an immigrant. And um, it's that people do not build a business. People build an organization and the organization builds the business. It is done successfully in no other way. And we drive that home all the time. We, we're, we're only going to be successful as a business if our organization is intact. And our organization will only be intact if we take care of our people. That's a great way. Anything else, David? It's not, this isn't a secret sauce. It's teamwork and work ethic. It's just a matter of doing it. Hires all the time. I can teach you what to do. You've got to bring the energy and the enthusiasm and the love of what you're doing because I can't control that. Only you can. If you'll bring that to the table, we're good to go. That's great. All right, guys. We'll um, look forward to uh, touring a couple more clubs and spending some more time in Jacksonville. So thanks for being on Halo Talks and uh, look forward to working out without a mask at Oakleaf. See you then. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. All, All right, right, guys. Awesome. Thanks.